Hey, I'm Jason, and this is Stumble Through the Bible, the Bible study podcast with more questions than answers, but also some answers, but mostly questions. Welcome to episode one. First up, what am I doing here anyway? And then a look at a passage from 1 Timothy that will hopefully get your year started off right. Okay, why am I doing this podcast? A couple of reasons. First, I understand that blogging is dead and podcasts are where it's at now. So I'm trying to get on that bandwagon. Never let it be said that I'm not within 18 months of the cutting edge of any trend. Second, my Christianity tends to be very internal. Uh, My life is guided by my beliefs. Uh, I do a lot of thinking on spiritual things, uh, but I'm not very outwardly expressive about it. My wife has recently jumped on the podcasting bandwagon and listens to a lot of podcasts. So she says to me, hey, Mr. Genius Deep Thoughts, why don't you share some of your brilliant spiritual insights with me? This, doing this through a podcast, now gives me an opportunity to do a podcast and share some of these thoughts with her. So in a lot of ways, it's for her, uh, but it's also for all you beautiful people out there who like podcasts. Now, who am I to have opinions about the Bible? I'm nobody special. I'm just a guy. I'm a lifelong Christian. Uh, I've been to a lot of Sunday schools. I've read a lot of Bible studies. I've heard about a kajillion sermons in my life. Uh, and I've got opinions. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested in looking at the Bible in a way that I haven't seen captured very frequently. You know, you read enough Bible studies, and they all start to seem very similar. And I'd like to look at it in a different way. So I'm just going to take this platform as an opportunity to do that. Um, If Jen Hatmaker can have opinions about what the Bible says, why can't I? And that's why I'm calling it Stumble Through the Bible. This is just my opinions. Uh, They're an attempt by a finite man to draw out infinite truths. I'm not trying to rewrite any fundamental Christian beliefs or anything that heavy. Uh, I'm just working out my faith with fear and trembling and maybe with a little bit of levity thrown in. Okay, to kick things off, let's take a look at 1 Timothy 5, 3-16. through 16. This is from the English Standard Version. Honor widows who are truly widows, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things well, so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than sixty years of age, having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. But refuse to enroll younger widows, for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. For some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. 
Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. Okay, what was all that mess about? A bunch of rules and requirements for charity for widows. What application does that have for me and my life? Uh, It seems like something that should be more in the minutes of a church business meeting than in, like, the Bible. Uh, So who cares? Well, here's where I think that that passage is important and why I think it's a good one to kick off the year. What is the unspoken underlying assumption of these verses? It's that you can only do so much. And more than that, sometimes you should only do so much. When instructing the church at Ephesus on how to provide for widows, Paul could have written, if you have widows in need, then you should do more to provide for them. You should try to meet the needs of everyone who comes to you. Uh, If you have extra land, sell it and give the money to the poor. If you have an extra cloak, sell that. If you have extra shoes, sell those. In fact, if you have any shoes, sell those. Sell everything you have and give it all to the poor. Uh, Do everything you can. But that's not what Paul said. He said, here are some rules that you should use to limit who you provide for. Paul was aware that the church was in a finite world with finite resources. They could only do so much. So he gave them guidelines about what they should do. All those verses about how old widows should be before they qualified for help and stuff like that, there's nothing magical about those numbers. People look at these verses and immediately start interpreting the details and say, what if they were 59? Why can't we give money to someone who's 58? Uh, That's not what the point of these verses are. Um, The church just needed some kind of cutoff. Uh, And they needed someone to tell them that it's okay to expect people to take care of themselves and their own families, because the church can only do so much. So often I hear from Christians who feel guilty because they have some general sense that they could do more. Without having any specific ministry in mind, they look at needs all around them and they feel guilty that they should be doing more to meet those needs. Could you do more? Sure, everybody could do more. Mother Teresa could have done more. Until you give away your organs and sell all the blood in your veins and leave the money to the poor, you could always do more. So what? We have these verses saying that sometimes by doing more, you're doing more harm than good. Let people take care of themselves. Let them learn to handle their own problems. Do what you can for whom you can, and don't worry about the rest. God knows that you live in a world of limited time and resources. He created it. He knows the limitations. Sure, sometimes he rains down unlimited bounty, but Paul here acknowledges that that's not usually what happens. Usually, you make do with what you have, with what God has given you in the place that he has given you, in the time that he has given you. Let that release you from the guilt of do more going into the new year. Um, That's it for episode one. I hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any thoughts of your own about these verses, I'd love to hear them in the comments. Uh, If you've got suggestions for passages you'd like to hear about and discuss, uh, shoot them to me. Thanks for listening, Rach. Hope you liked it.